the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM 970 presents Eye on Real Estate. This is your premier source for real estate information. From the hot properties in the tri-state to the latest in real estate market trends. From mortgage news to answers to all of your real estate questions, you'll be in the know with help from the experts. Call now, 866-970-9622. 866-970-9622. Now, here's your host for Eye on Real Estate, Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. You're listening to Iron Real Estate. I'm here with my co-host, Stephen Ebert, and I think he had to leave early today, and Ace Wiles Park. And um, shortly, we'll be joined by our credit coach, Dan Sater. Um, I don't. I think we'll touch on this topic, but I think this topic is a long topic that we can really talk about. But people are flooding out. The pandemic changed people. They got... They, they moved or they went and rented a place in a, you know, away from the cities. And then they stayed there uh, because we were on lockdown and then they weren't, they were afraid to come back. So they got used to living in a second home. So uh, it's, it's, it's what I think is not going to be a fad that it's just a pandemic. I think people got used to it. And as I said, it's not that you have to have a mansion for $10 million to have a second home. You can buy a second home for three or $400,000. And we were talking about the financing. A says that you can get two mortgages. And I think next week we should explore a little longer, you know, should, should you rent out your second home? Because in many cases you can, but I will tell you this, no matter how hot the market might seem, and, you know, you might get a broker who says, oh, don't worry, you'll rent it easily at this number. Well, you never know what can happen. You really want to make sure that you have some side money, um, you know. And if you're looking for a second home now, you might not get exactly what you want, but you could maybe get a placeholder because I do not think that second homes are going away. I think they're going to be a trend. I think a lot of them are going to be in resort areas. And I think people are going to continue to buy second homes and maybe they'll buy a smaller place in the city and a larger place. I mean, when I first started in the Hamptons, which was years ago, we were in the nineties recession. And I remember how many husbands bought a big house for their family, their young family in the out, out East. And they kept a little apartment in the city and they would come on weekends. Now, I don't think that's the case now. I don't think women want their husbands to be gone. I guess maybe some do a week. But I do think that, you know, you're just going to see continuance of people renting second homes. And whether that be in in Connecticut, whether that be in Long Island, whether that be in Florida, I I just think that trend is going to continue. So we're going to talk more about that. And next week, we're going to talk more about... um, the second homes and what considerations that you have to think about before you buy a second home. And if we have time after Dan, I could, we can kind of go through that today because 
I think it's a great investment. I can tell you personally, I will start looking for a second home, um, you know, in about six months. And I'll tell you what I look for. And then I know Ace, you could really contribute a lot because you buy a lot of properties for yourself personally. And we'll give you some tips that we think that are, are helpful. I really think also with the economy, the way it is, I'm not sure which way it goes. I don't think anyone is. The stocks are up. The stocks are down. Uh, we're we're going to have inflation. We might not have inflation. So there's so many like question marks on, you know, what what's going to be that the one thing I know that's never really hurt me is real estate, because as long as you don't have to sell it at the wrong time, um, usually you're not going to lose your money. OK, and with that, I want to say hi to Dan Sater. Dan. Well, good morning, okay, Dottie. Good to there. be here. I'm glad to have you. We haven't had you for a while, and we're uh, we were talking yeah, about. I, I was getting lonely. About, I was missing you. Know, you. What if, <laughs> yes, yes, we were missing you, and you know we're telling people, you know, this is, you know, this trend is going to continue, and obviously. Uh, with the housing market so tight across the country and bidding wars are prevalent. And so your credit, you want to be able to go in there with a strong offer to say, by the way, I'm checked out. My credit's good. I, you know, approved for a mortgage. You want to make your offer strong. And if you walk in and you don't, and you don't know if you can get a mortgage or not, I, I, I don't think you're going to be the first choice unless the person is desperate. And we're in a seller's market now, so I don't think that's going to be the case. So if you're going to get a new mortgage, what, you know, what would we, we started to talk about, Ace and I, what, 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 what the first steps are mortgage are credit. So what would you suggest somebody does? Well, you know, one of the problems Damn. is that a lot of people equate getting their credit report with going to the dentist, and they just uh, want to avoid it, and they usually go to a mortgage lender, and they pull up the credit report, and boom, they get hit with surprises. Either they don't qualify with the scores, or they have items out that don't even belong to them on the credit report. So the first thing they need to do is know what's in their credit report well in advance of going to the mortgage lender to apply for a mortgage. It takes time, if there's any mistakes on there, to get them fixed. So it's important that they, they see what they're going to uh, be faced with on that mortgage because a lot of times they're surprises. Now, should they get a report? Should they get a report from FICO, or do they just look at it? Or just well, the, uh, yeah, it with if them somebody's considering a mortgage. The, probably the best place to go is MyFICO.com because MyFICO.com will give you five different types of mortgages used for the mortgage, or, um, not mortgages, five different types of credit reports used for the mortgage industry, the auto industry, uh, bank card industry, and other industries. And they probably about half of the report is not only giving you the FICO scores for each industry, but breaking it down so you have an understanding of it. But you will get the five or the three FICO scores that are used exclusively by the mortgage industry. And this way you can know in advance where you're at. And of course, also see on the credit report what is reporting. So if there's anything that isn't yours, this is the time 
to get it fixed, to clean up that credit report uh, well in advance of going to uh, a mortgage lender. Okay. Now, if you see something is uh, incorrect on your credit report, uh, then what do you do? Well, the first thing you should do as you see something. What's that? Yeah. In other words, if you see a charge that you didn't charge or you see some things there that you don't think you did, you know, that don't seem correct. um, Right. Well, then what what, what steps would you take? Yeah. Well, the first thing is, of course, the uh, Fair Credit Reporting Act demands that nothing stays on that credit report that's inaccurate incomplete, obsolete, or or can't be verified. So basically, if you have inaccurate information, you should uh, dispute that directly to the credit bureaus, um, pointing out what is inaccurate and what you'd like them to do. Uh, You may also want to send a direct dispute directly to the creditor, explaining that either this account isn't mine, if it's not, or if this is inaccurate and pointing it out, and again, telling them what you want to do. And in the case of a collection account, you want to send them a a request that they validate that debt and prove that it's yours and that it's accurate. Many times they can't, and it comes off the credit report, improving your scores. So if they can't prove it, they have to take it off, is what you're saying? Well, in a perfect world, yes. Um, a lot of them don't. They just kind of ignore you. And then you have to start putting pressure on them and go back at them again and again, because under the Fair Credit Reporting Act, um, inaccurate information can't remain and unverifiable information can't remain. So uh, that can be disputed uh, quite a bit. And you can even end up taking it to the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau online if they're not removing something that's inaccurate. And they'll get on the case if they're keeping information that they can't uh, ver- validate. Right. So, Dan, what would your advice be? I think we, we started to talk about it before you were on the show. Um, if you're looking for a mortgage for a first-time buyer, what kind of things would you do? And if you're looking to, um, let's say you you have a home for sale, okay, and uh, I guess I can ask this to you and, and, and Dan. You have a home for sale, but it didn't sell yet. You find a home you like. Can you, uh, wh- so even if you, they still going to check your credit. Uh, so you, you still have to, even if you're selling your home and you're buying something else, you still have to have your credit in order. So would you suggest, Dan, that even somebody who's selling their house, if they're going to buy something else, uh, to have talk with you to check their credit before they actually sell their house? Yeah, I mean, it would be best for them to pull their own credit because that's not a a direct hit, and I don't know what their timing would be. But by pulling the MyFICO.com report, they can see exactly not only what's on there, but more importantly, in this particular case, when you're considering getting a mortgage, knowing what your credit scores for a mortgage lender are going to be. Because a lot of times people pull their FICO aid or they go to Credit Karma and they get a Vantage score. And then they find out that the mortgage score is 50, 60 points less than what those are. So, um, And, of course, they always blame the uh, mortgage loan officer uh, for trying to pull something shady. You know, why, why aren't the scores the same? Because most people don't realize that there's a lot of different scoring models. 
and different lenders will use different models. So what they need to do uh, in getting prepared is, first of all, get that credit report well in advance, at least two months before oh, you're either at least two months before you're going to sell uh, sell your house or buy a new house, preferably three months if you can have that much lead time, because it takes a while to get things um, updated and repaired, and nothing moves quickly in getting your credit repaired. So it's very important to do that to make sure that you're prepared when you go in uh, and apply for a mortgage. Oh, that's great. That's great information. Um, what can happen if I get a new credit account? Like if I get a new credit, so should you not take new credit cards out or nothing of that? Like in other words, if you're, if I know during the holidays, if you're shopping, they'll say, okay, with your purchase, if you take out a charge card with uh, this, uh, <laughs> with this store, we'll give you 20% off your, uh, your uh, purchase today. I mean, they do it every day of the week whenever I'm shopping. So, um, would you advise people don't take any new credit cards out? Well, th there's two parts to that. One is not to make any major purchase. Um, I, I had a guy who uh, was getting into real estate from uh, being a teacher for 25 years, and he bought a $40,000 car the month before uh, we were looking to close the loan <laughs> uh, way back when. So uh, you got to be careful. But, well, you know, if you apply for What's that? I said he wasn't listening to Ion Real Estate, or he would have known not to do that. Absolutely, um, but and he knew he did something wrong. He just didn't realize the impact of it. But even applying for like a new credit card, uh, you take a hit when you get new credit, and that could knock your score down twenty points or so. And that could mean the difference between qualifying and not qualifying or possibly having to pay a, a higher interest rate than you would if um, you didn't make that application. So it's very important that people don't apply for new credit in the months before they're about to apply for a mortgage. Yeah. And Ace, um, when, when people are applying for a mortgage and um, they have two homes, what do the banks look at? If it's a second home. So if people are applying for <clears throat> two mortgages and it's a second home, what they'll look at on the credit report is, you know, are they, do they have a good um, credit history? Number one, but most importantly, you know, do they have reserves? Dottie, you mentioned that um, in the beginning of the show and most banks, if you're buying a second home with two mortgages, not only do you have to qualify for both payments, but you have to have cash reserves, you know, usually around six times your monthly payment um, in order for you to qualify as well. So the requirements to have cash reserves will be critical when buying two, when buying two homes and having two mortgages, Dottie. Okay, so and I'm telling you, it is such a trend and it looks like second homes will serve as a necessary pandemic. They serve as a necessary pandemic highway away, but also that they people got used to going to that second home, you know, where maybe they normally would have used it four or five times a year. Now they've been using it, so they 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 got it. So when you're thinking about a second home, you first have to look at your credit, like Dan said, 
And then you have to look at the pros and cons. Um, there's a lot of positives to have a second home. For instance, you know, it's almost, you know, if it's close enough, you can just kind of drive there and you don't have to think about it. Um, also, I really do think that real estate, if bought properly, is a good investment, um, especially if we have inflation. Uh, you know, I was talking to someone, I said, oh, my God, I put so much money into redoing my house. And they said, well, maybe you're better off than the bank. I don't know what the dollar is going to be worth. But usually if you buy right and you're able to hold it, um, you know, over time, it's most people's largest investment. So a second home. You can't count on it renting out because you just never know. Um, but the biggest negative that you have to look at is the expense of buying and maintaining an education home. A lot of people don't look at the maintenance and the maintenance on on any home. Like even if you buy a new home, the maintenance is money, it's taxes, it's it, it's you know landscaping, it's all of these things. So you have to look at the uh, the the expenses of maintaining a home then you have to say well gee you know is this a novelty that you're going to enjoy you know you go to a place you like it and then a couple of years you know i i think back when i was a kid kid when i was in my 20s it was like time sharing was the thing wherever you went when you went to the bahamas you went to aruba st martin they're always selling Millions of people for time sharing. And of course, when we were young, you don't have money. And they usually say, oh, you get a free dinner or you get free tickets here. So we would go listen to their uh, spiel. I ended up buying a timeshare in St. Martin with a bunch of my friends that I went to school with. And we all thought, gee, this will be great. We'll all buy these timeshares. And every year this week, we'll all re reunite and see each other for the rest of our lives. Sounded good. Obviously, it was good in the beginning, but then, you know, over time, who got divorced, who didn't feel like going, uh, who was sick of going to the same place. Uh, and then you have to make sure that the place is maintained. So to me, timeshare is a waste of money. I wouldn't touch it. People try to give it away now. Uh, but owning a, you know, owning a second home, okay, you should look at the, if you're going to rent it, you should look at the rental market, look at the inventory, look at how much is available how quickly ask the broker to show you how quickly things rent for but you still have to have reserve money okay because you never know somebody might, what, what if somebody doesn't move out and you have to evict that so you crunch the numbers uh you meet with dan for the credit now i'm gonna ask you dan and 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 and, and I'll ask ace and of course i'll give you my opinion People say, is this a craze that the people are buying second homes now because of the pandemic? When everything calms down, is that going to change? Well, I, I don't yeah, know. Do if, uh, things are going to change. I'll let Ace answer that one. <laughs> well, there's no yeah. right answer. There's no right or wrong answer. We're giving an opinion. Nobody can read it. To the future, but <laughs> well, it's just our, our opinion. My, my, my opinion is that it's here to stay, Dottie. I think most folks during the pandemic, have they, they've used their second homes as their primary, right? And I think it's definitely changed the way people look at second homes in regards exactly. to, you know, just having more of, of space and, and gatherings with your families. And I think it's definitely changed the perception of what a second home is. It's redefined the second home. I think so. that's a good way of putting it. It's like redefining a second home. 
And I Correct. want to talk a little about that because that's why I think, I think second homes are going to be huge, even bigger than they are now. We're going to be right back with you, Brian Wilson. We're back with Dan Sater and Keith Boyd, two partners, my Scotty Herman. We'll be back in 30 seconds, minutes. Hey, it's Joe Piscopo. My friends over at Route 22 Toyota want me to remind you that if you're tired of dealing with dummies, get over to the state-of-the-art service facility in Hillside, New Jersey, please. Alex Kinsella has the entire team staying safe, wearing masks, socially distancing, fogging vehicles with every single service to make sure they're disinfected. At Route 22 Toyota, they always get it right. They're doing their part to stay safe. Plus, right now, Route 22 Toyota is offering qualified buyers more reasons than ever to get into a new Toyota, like 0% APR financing up to five years and zero down leases on some of your favorite Toyota models. Call 855-621-9949 for details and make sure to tell them Joe sent you. 855-621-9949 to schedule a test drive and Route 22 Toyota will get you driving a new Toyota with 0% interest or zero down leases. Now that is the smart way to buy. Route 22 Toyota, Route 22 West in Hillside, New Jersey or at Route 22 Toyota. Tell me why Relief Factor is so successful in lowering or eliminating pain. I'm often asked that question. Pete and Seth Talbot, the father and son founders of Relief Factor, tell me they believe our bodies were designed to heal. That's right, designed to heal. And now I agree. The doctors who formulated Relief Factor for Pete and Seth selected the four best ingredients, 100% drug-free ingredients that each help your body deal with inflammation. That's correct. Each of the four ingredients deal with inflammation on a different metabolic pathway. That right there. Approaching your pain from four different angles may very well be why so many Americans find such wonderful pain relief. If you have back pain, shoulder, neck, hip, knee, or foot pain from exercise or even just getting older, you must order the three-week quick start now. Discount it to only nineteen ninety-five to see if it will work for you too. I think it could. Give your body what it needs to heal itself. Go to relieffactor.com. Call 800 500 8384, ReliefFactor.com. Hey, it's Joe Piscopo for Pat Lafreda Meat Purveyors. You know they supply many of New York and New Jersey's finest restaurants. Yes, like 1,600 of those restaurants. Now you can get the same high-quality selection of meats for your most important customer, your own family. Lafreda deals in only premium 100% black Angus cattle raised and grazed in the United States. Their only focus is meat. You won't find any frozen side dishes or any gimmicks here offering every kind of meat in every cut like uh, tomahawk bone-in ribeye porterhouse center cut filet just to name a few supplying only the highest quality beef pork lamb veal poultry and america's best burger chopped meat blends shipped overnight cut the night you place your order and always fresh never frozen Order online, please, at lafreda.com, L-A-F-R-I-E-D-A, lafreda.com. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. Welcome, you're listening to I on Real Estate. I'm you know, Daddy Herman, I'm here with Ace Superpark, our financial expert, and Dan Sater, our credit coach. And Dan, I, I didn't get all the information for our listeners, so can you give us how to reach you? And, yeah, probably um, the, 
Yeah, you know, the best way to reach me is at creditguy at yahoo.com. Just send me an email at creditguy at yahoo.com, and I'll get back to you. Yes, and make sure you do that. It is most important. Now, as we're talking about second homes, one of the things, I and I, I, I stress this because, again, whatever I give you is an opinion. No one, you know, knows what's going to happen in the future. But with what I'm seeing in the market, as Ace just said, people got used to living in two homes. And it's and they've got used to, like, even now, like, just going back to the city for a couple of days. And, you know, not everyone has to be in, in the office every day anymore. So people can live further away from home. The interest rates are, again, they're still giving money away. It's like... <laughs> Like it's painful to think that I was, I I was I think the rates were sixteen percent when I bought my first house, and I got a five year adjustable mortgage ace that was at eleven, and it and it you know I forgot how it went up, okay, and I was wow I got it at eleven, okay, so I mean, people who never lived through those years can't imagine how the how it, what a deal you have today. So it's a good time to buy because the second rates are, the uh, the mortgage rates are low. But I think they're a little higher for second home, aren't they not? So Dottie, that's actually the uh, the perception, right? That the rates are higher for a second home. But you'll be surprised. It's actually considered the same as a primary. So you have the best rates possible for a second home. So Dottie, I just want our listeners to know, when you mentioned that rates were at 16 percent, that's real, right? That's it's real. That's, that's I lived real. it. That's real. <laughs> People lived it, right? So when we're talking about rates of two point eight seven five, two point seven five, and we've been talking about an increase in rates on this show for the last eight years, and I can tell you, we're finally going to be right, Dottie, because you know what's happening with the economy today is that it's artificially low because the Federal Reserve they've per. Wait, I lost you. I lost you. Hello? We lost Ace. Well, Ace will be back. I mean, we just have, you know, these are some of the things you have. Are you back, Ace? Well, anyhow. Yes, Dottie, can you hear me now? Yeah, we can hear you. So, as you were saying... Yeah, sorry about that, Dottie. Yeah, I mean, right, right now, basically, you know, in... Just to kind of sum it up, the the government has really um, controlled the rates and they've helped stimulate the economy by by keeping interest rates low. Um, once they stop purchasing mortgage-backed securities, rates are going up. And they've already announced that they're not going to be purchasing as, as much in terms of mortgage-backed securities. And that only means one thing, right? There's going, there's going to be a, a, a smooth recovery into the economy as we come out of the pandemic and folks are vaccinated. And that just means that interest rates are going up. So take advantage of the low rates, even if home prices are at a high right now in terms of the suburban markets. But if you're leveraging financing, the lower interest rate will keep your payments low. And that's really where you win, right? In this whole, yeah. in the whole grand scheme of things. Yeah, the interest rates are the interest rates. And you don't realize... That when you look at, I think Ace, you always say this, it's not so much the price, you just look at the total payment. Correct. And all I can tell you, 
is if I want to tell you what a payment would be, 14 or 15 percent opposed to two point something. Oh, boy. We sold home. Okay, people still bought them. We figured out how to do it. We had crazy ways to do things. But the truth is, and any one of us who bought a home in those kind of markets, that's how I made my money to go to my second home. I, I, I got a couple of friends together. And it's something that I think you should think about now with a second home. I don't think you have to buy a big second home. I think that you look for an area where the rentals are pretty active. Um, you look for something that maybe is um, not done up to the hilt, you know, but something that a little paint job and, you know, clearing out some junk and maybe updating a few things, putting different knobs in the kitchen. Um, and look at the rental value of it. Look at the taxes. Um, lay the groundwork, you know, and, and, and then if you've never lived in a place, if you've only rented something, sometimes... You know, if you're going to use it for yourself, I would suggest you read first to make sure you want to be there all the time. Yeah. Because, you know, because sometimes it's very different when you go away for two weeks than opposed to if you live there. Um, and go there in times when the community is busy, like, you know, and sometimes when it's slow. And, you know, do you want the maintenance or do you prefer a condo or a co-op where you can just turn the key and go go in? I mean, everyone wants something different. But I, I think you should do the groundwork. You should meet with Ace and you should uh, see, meet with Dan uh, and see what you qualify for if you, if you keep the current house. And Don't Dottie. Your budget either. I, I, wanted to, I, I wanted to mention to our listeners too, you know, one of the best deals in, in the marketplace right now are, are fixer uppers, right? Like more distressed <laughs> properties, Dottie. So... I would really recommend our listeners to get in touch with a loan officer, get in touch with an attorney. But more importantly, if you really want a great value for your, for your buy, try to find a home that's not in tip top shape. You're going to get the best value there and try to get to know contractors in your neighborhood or in the neighborhood that you're looking to buy, because that's going to be the best value for your dollar, right? Um, In terms of getting a great price point, but just, you know, I've been seeing that more and more, I've been seeing folks taking out construction loans and it's really in the in in the value of the property where you need where you need some repairs where you where you're gonna get a huge discount on the price. Hey, can you explain that to our listeners? Because let's just say, and I really do think if you have some extra cash now, um, as things calm down after the summer, and you know, and you could even do it with friends and you can, yeah. you, know, you you can get a couple of friends to chip in. Um, if you want to not live in it and rent it, I think Ace could say it better. You want to make sure there's no structural damage. In other words, you want to have an engineer to make sure the roof's not caving in and the oil burner's not blowing up. But the best house to buy, and you cannot believe the difference of what a house can look like with relatively no money. I think I might have told you the story. I was on ABC. Um, they gave me a house in a, in a, a market that, you know, Douglas Selman wasn't even in. So I didn't know the values of anything. The I saw that, Dottie. That was a great show, by the way. The, yeah, the house was on the market a year and the broker couldn't sell it. They filmed me and they gave me $5,000. They made me go through the house and they said, we're going to give you, at the end of going through the house, we're going to give you $5,000. You have 24 hours to fix this house up with $5,000. 
So I was on the phone, you know, calling every decorator, every painter. I knew you got to help. You got to come now. And what we did is we ripped up all the old, they had these old rugs that were horrible. And when you rip the old rugs up, the hardwood floors were really nice. And we just kind of redid them, not redid them, just buffed them up. Um, we pulled all the junk out of the place. Uh, we painted all the walls, kind of a linen white type color. Um, had a window cleaner come and clean all the windows. And I swear to you, uh, with $5,000 in 24 hours, we did it. We put a few new, a few a little furniture in it. We took most of the junk and threw it out. The house sold in one week with $5,000. So, you know, I'm not telling people to, you know, knock out a kitchen and do all this stuff. But if you just declutter your home, have all your windows, have a professional window washer come and do all your windows get all the clutter and if you're you know if you're a little bit of a hoarder then it pays to get a storage space and put it in the storage space and 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 leave it until you can use it again and uh hey i'd like to have a storage that's a good business nobody comes back for their furniture but in any event uh and if you start to look and get a feel for the market and that's what i say go to open houses start to get a feel for the market I really believe that if you look, you can find the second home in a, in a market where people go for second homes. Um, I don't think it's only the rich and famous anymore. You know, when you think about the Hamptons and you think, oh, multimillionaires, because what makes the papers is an Andy Warhol house or like a major investor who spent $22 million. We don't talk about all the homes that are like 300000 700000 500000 I mean... Um, and with the mortgage rates today, you don't have to put a big down payment. Um, and if you go with uh, a couple of friends and you have maybe one friend who's handy, you don't have to spend a lot of money as long as you have an engineer's report and you find there's not structural damage. But those are the best ones to find, because if you find the house that's already done, that's fine, but you're going to pay for it. Yep. And Ace, you've been doing this your whole life too. A lot of times you would be surprised what a house looks like when you paint it, take the junk that's been that's been there for 20 years, put all fresh paint, new clean windows, clear out the junk in the yard. You would be surprised. It's a whole different house. And Daddy. even, yeah. Yeah, and I, and I want to give this to sellers too. Remember something, when you're selling your house, it's the person's first impression. Prepare your house to fail. You want to make it look its best. You want to do the same thing when you're selling your house. You want to declutter, get everything out of the house, paint, mow the lawn if you have a single family house. You want the impression of a first look to be great. Because that's, if they don't like the first look, they wouldn't even go in. Have you wanted to speak a new language but thought it'd be too difficult or take too much time? Then try Babbel. In just 15 minutes a day, Babbel teaches you conversations that you will actually use. With 14 languages and lesson topics like travel, business, relationships, and more, you'll learn what matters most to you. Babbel. Language for life. Learn a new language with ease. Go to babbel.com to try for free. 
That's B-A-B-B-E-L dot com. Your business is ready for a reboot, a recharge. The way our companies operate has changed. Adapting to the changes hasn't been easy, but never more important to succeed. Many of the digital resources available have helped overcome obstacles your business is facing. But are you using the full potential of every one of them? That's where Salem Surround can help. Your business needs to use digital tools more than ever to stay in touch with customers, making buying decisions right now and for the future. Will they consider or even know about you? The marketing team at Salem Surround gives you the tools needed to stand out and be visible to current and potential customers online right now looking for what you do. We'll design a plan that targets and surrounds customers with proven marketing strategies. Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your marketing plan and see how we can help place your advertising message in front of today's consumers. Learn more at surroundnewyork.com. Surroundnewyork.com. Connecting you with new customers. Craving that signature Sunday sauce? Michaels of Brooklyn will make your place a must. Join Michaels of Brooklyn Sauce of the Month Club. Receive a different jar of Michaels of Brooklyn pasta sauce, homemade pasta and biscotti each month for six months. Make your home the place to be with Michaels of Brooklyn's signature fresh marinara right in your home. Visit michaelsofbrooklyn.com and order online. That's michaelsofbrooklyn.com. Michaels of Brooklyn, serving the community since 1964. Hey, it's Joe Piscopo. You may know me as a guy with a knack for punchlines, but today I have a serious message. Like me, you probably know a relative, friend, or a co-worker whose life has been upended by cancer. You yourself may be facing cancer, but fighting cancer does not have to be done alone. At Trinitas Comprehensive Cancer Center in Elizabeth, dedicated and experienced oncologists and skilled nurses stand beside patients all the way from diagnosis through treatment. The entire staff works together to develop the most effective range of treatment therapies for each and every patient. Cancer care navigators help patients manage all the physical, emotional, and spiritual aspects of living with cancer. And in a caring, compassionate, and uplifting setting brings a comforting and targeted approach to cancer care. So take a moment to call the Trinitas Comprehensive Cancer Center at 908-994-8000. Get more information about cancer care delivered with the whole patient in mind. That's 908-994-8000. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. Back. We're listening to I on Real Estate. I'm here with Ace Wazupar, our finance man. And uh, I'm here with myself, Dottie Herman. And are you still on the line, Dan? Dan Sater, our credit coach. Yeah. So chip in whenever we're talking about second homes and, and and whether it's a second home you buy or a first home you buy I, I i really do think that you know if you structurally have an engineer's report and when you have an engineer's report whether you're buying a first home or a second home is a smart thing to meet the engineer because i can tell you when you get an engineer's report it looks like you're reading another language and even on a brand new house that was just built, they're going to find a million things that are wrong. So what you want to do is meet the engineer yourself and go through the home with him or her. And then as they say, well, it needs a new roof. Well, what does that mean? How old is the roof? Um, Can it last another five years? Does it need a few tiles? What does it need, you know, and get an idea of what that's going to cost. 
Um, I, and you should do that with the second home as well as the first home. Now, Ace, if I'm going to buy a second home and I want to live in it, that's one thing. What if I don't want to live in it? Is there a different kind of loan I have to get, like a non-owner occupied or something of that nature? Yeah, it's called an investment property, Dottie. Um, okay. So it would, it would require at least 25% down. Okay. Um, it, it would require you to have a little bit of experience in terms of um, having other investment properties already for at least about a year. And, um, you know, the, the, the good thing but about- what if you don't the, have any? What if, you, like, what if it's only a residential house you're going to buy as a second home and rent it out? Yeah. So if you don't have any, you can still buy an investment property. The good thing about investment property is that you can use the subject rental income, at least 75% of that rental income to qualify as well. So, so that's in other the difference words, between. If, if I'm buying a second home, our listeners should know that they should have the real estate broker also, besides for giving them a sense of uh, the CMA on what the value of the home is that they're buying, maybe a, a report on the rentals in the area and what they're Correct. going for. So that Correct. you get an idea, okay, of about what the rentals are going for. And then you want to see how many rentals are on the market. Like you Definitely. want to see, you know, if there's like a rental market and there's a lot of rentals on the market, well, maybe that's not a good sign that you're going to rent it so quick. Um, now, Ace, if I'm going in with my friends, and Dan, I'll ask you the same thing. Let's say I'm going with two couples. These two other couples, we're going to buy this investment house together. And by the way, that's how I started. I did not buy my first house alone. I went in with two of my friends. We had very little money. And at that time, I think we were able to get a pretty big mortgage, okay? Um, and we made, we, we kept the property we rented it for about five years and then we sold it and that's where I got my down payment for my first house I bought that I lived in um so now let's say I'm going in with a couple of friends Dan should I before I go in with them or start looking have their credit have everybody's credit and an ace and everyone's credit done Dan are you there yeah can you hear me Yes. Yeah, we can. Hear you so I said, in other words, if I'm buying a, if I'm buying a property with a couple of my friends, I'm buying a second home. We're going to ship in together, and then we're going to own this together, fix it. Um, now I, and we're going to apply for the mortgage together. What do I have to know? Do I then should my friends should before I actually start looking? Should I make sure that the group that I'm with can financially get themselves on a mortgage? You, yeah, well, everybody needs to pull their credit report. Because the mortgage lender is going to look at the mid-score. They're going to throw out the high and low for each one of them. And they'll probably end up using the lowest mid-score. So, Ace, in other words, if there's three people buying a home, is the bank going to look at all of our credit or they're just going to average it out? No, they're going to look at everybody's credit. And, Dottie, I just, I, I just bought a Hunter house uh, with a friend of mine. He happens to be a contractor, so that was a great partnership. But uh, we had to send in all of our documentation to the bank. Um, they look at both credits, both incomes. And we took out a construction loan, and we bought a foreclosed home up in Hunter Mountain, right by the ski resort. So we're actually in the process of building it now, and uh, we're renting it out. We bought it together as an investment property, and we're going to actually do an Airbnb. So wonderful. So yeah. now let me ask you something. People, yes. I, I had a, a dear Dottie question the other day 
And they said, well, how do you find out about foreclosures? You know, and I said, become friends with a banker. <laughs> but like, <laughs> I mean, uh, yes. I mean, I mean, what should people do when they want to find foreclosures? Because when they actually have the foreclosure sale, I, I, I think a lot of people that go there are professional and they, that's what they do for a living. What, what would you say are the best ways to find out about foreclosures? You know, it's funny. Pe- people call me all the time, Dottie. Ace, do you have a list from Citizens Bank or other banks of foreclosed properties? But I can tell you there, there are realtors that focus primarily just on foreclosures, right? And you can actually type in to if you want to type in into Street Easy or LoopNet, all of these sort of listing sites, you'll be able to type in foreclosures and it'll actually um, show up. We actually got this property um, on LoopNet. So my partner was just looking on LoopNet one day and it just said foreclosure, $380,000. And we looked at the comps in the neighborhood and it was going for 1.5, 1.6 Dottie, but the house wow. was just, a, but the house was just a wreck. Right. And they sort of abandoned the home. It was boarded up, but it was on 10 acres of property, Dottie. So, and we found it online. So it's, it's definitely there online for folks to, to look at. You just have to type in foreclosure in your word search and it'll show yes. up all of the homes that are in foreclosure. You know, it's, yeah, with technology no. today, you, you don't yeah, really no, need to no. know anyone. But I, yeah. But I used to do that. I haven't done that for a while, but I used to do that. And what I found though is, you know, isn't it like that once a property, uh, an owner has paid over three mortgage payments, then it goes into foreclosure. And some of them that are listed as foreclosures end up not being foreclosures. Yes. Yeah, so that's where you really want to contact a realtor. That's, that's, that, that, which is a subject matter expert in foreclosures, right? Because they'll have knowledge to short sales. They'll have knowledge to foreclosures ahead of time. You I'm know, before. Yep. I'll make a note to remind myself for next week to give everybody the, I think it was the Suffolk or the Nassau, you know, all the towns have profiles and I'm going to get you the exact, I'll listen to the exact list of where to, where to call because you can actually sign up. And if it was myself and I was buying an investment, I would want to buy a, a home in an, an area that I, I somewhat knew. Um, and Dottie, so they sign up and get the list yeah. of everything that's foreclosures. And when Correct. I used to, when I was younger and I was had time to do this, I would say, okay, Joe Blow, he's in foreclosure. That doesn't mean that he's going to lose his house. He might end up coming up with the money and pay it, or the bank might work something out with him. But I would then leave a little note and say, well, you know, I, in case you're ever interested in selling your home, here's my number. Um, you know, there's a lot of creative ways uh, and and you can sign up for the lists and I'm, I'm going to get you the exact places you can sign up for where you, and it's cheap and it's a service that gives you everything that's in foreclosure yes. and you have to just go to them. What I used to do I do, is I'd look up the street that it was on and um, sometimes if I didn't know the exact street, I would pass by the street and the house ahead of time just to see if it you know, you know, if it was a total wreck from the outside. Um, and a lot of times you can, as we said last, I think we said last week, you could end up actually meeting the owner. Maybe the owner will be in foreclosure and be able to do a short sale with you. Uh, but I'm not wishing gloom on anything, but I'm just right. baffled. Like, I don't know what your take is, but what is going to happen 
And again, some states already pulled the extra federal money. What's going to happen when everything is over? And, and they say, okay, we're not subsidizing anyone anymore. That's it. Yeah, that's, that's, you know, that's still to be, to be seen, Dottie. Um, a lot of folks are, are wondering what will happen, right, in terms of the, uh, the state of the economy and, and you know, all, all of these unemployment checks that are being given out. So, but, but look, I, I think as it pertains to foreclosures, I just wanted well, I to, think, yeah. I think go it ahead, might Donnie. be a good opportunity because I yeah. think that they're, I mean, look, I'm just using common sense. I don't know this for a fact either, but I'm thinking, listen, if you're in a place now and you're in a state and the state says you don't have to pay till the end of the year, why would you move out? Correct. Correct. Okay. There's folks so that have been in their homes for four money, years. You don't have any money, but the state says, listen, we, nobody has to pay until the end of the year. So I'm going to stay and have free rent. And then at the end of the year, then they're going to say, well, okay, where's the money? And I don't have it. Then you'll have to wait and get me out. And that takes a couple, that's going to take a couple of months. So I do think there'll be more opportunities on the market when all of the subsidies are, are over. I, you know, our employment rate is good. It's not bad. So, we, you know, there's plenty of jobs. It's, it's trying to get people to go to work again because I'm not sure that they want to work the same way. But it looks to me like there'll be many opportunities. And so what I would suggest, some, and I really believe in this strongly, Ace, I know you do too, that, you know, in the summer you have some free time. Start to get familiar with areas that you think you might want to invest in. And um, it doesn't have to be a second home market. It could be just, uh, you know, rentals are, you know, on single family homes are, are hard to find sometimes and they go for a lot of money. And you, as long as you can kind of close to break even, over the long run, I end up thinking that, you know, it's a great investment. Um, how can I say it? I, I so much believe in it. I think it's going to be a good time. So I think the weather is beautiful. Enjoy your day. And we'll be back next week. I'm Eye on Real Estate with Dottie Herman is sponsored by Citizens Bank N.A.